Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hang On To Your Hat. In the studio today, we've got Jason Honrado, father of three. Bad Daddy, you're a naughty boy. These days, fatherhood is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Not the blokes haven't tried. If you're not a father, you've got a father. You're a son of a dad or a daughter of a bloke. But either way, being a dad is no picnic. The fear, the anger, the confusion and, well, the love, of course. (laughs) Derek Myers and Dan Lee, together with their special guests, are here to share the highs and lows, the joys and the agony of being a modern dad. But most of all, to let you know that you're not alone. Remind you of life at home, Jason? It certainly does, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like that, that blood-curdling squeal at the end there just to remind yeah. people of the reality. It does. It still kind of raises the hair on your back of your neck, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. cafe you go to, restaurant, you hear that sound, plane, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of glad I'm not there. Are you, are, do you find it easier to deal with other people's children screaming than your own? Because someone was, my brother maybe was saying, there's something about your own child that's or that's that's harder to deal with than like you can hear other babies scream forever. It doesn't matter. I'll say no or, or to that because no. I've got no control over it. So I can't oh, go true. over to that other person's baby and do what I think needs to be done. Yeah. So it's very frustrating to stand there and watch someone kind of maybe not do it right, right or doing true. it their way. And true. you might kind of think, well, if that was my child, I'd be doing it this way or pick them up and go for a bloody walk. Yeah, right, you right. Know? Yeah, that's because true. Because there's parents who just tune out. There's those parents who just sit there. Their kids are having a bloody hissy fit. And they'll just sit there and do nothing. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, yeah, and on that, if they're it, if if you're in earshot, who's a stranger to those parents, or not, you know, not one of them, then that's it's fucking downright rude to to use your fucking special Byron Bay parenting yes. and, let, and let them <laughs> and let them scream it out. Yeah. But there's poor other people got to sit there trying to have their fucking smashed avocado. <laughs> well, I used to think that before I had kids. I'd I'd see people just letting their kids run loose. When I worked in the video shop, for example, there was a woman that used to come in with her kid. It's usually a single kid, weirdly. It seems like the... And anyway, she'd just let him loose yeah. and he'd just strip the shelves, just rip all the videos off and she'd just smile. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is... Because first of all... That's not going to wash in the real world when he's older. No. Like if you, if you just expect the world to be as compassionate as your mother or father, yeah. the world's going to give you a smack in the ear if if you, even if your parents don't, right? Yeah. So you need to kind of. But then, when you have your own kids, and you're knackered, and they're, I don't know if you surely we've all had a moment where you just kind of maybe not in public, but you just left to let something go because you just don't have the energy. Yeah, controlled crying. I hear what you mean. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, or mess. Like just when they're just like, like say you're in the garden and they're just jumping in puddles and getting mud, and you think party is going. Oh, I don't want to deal with all this. And then you go, you know what? They're happy. Yeah. Let them get filthy. Well, (laughs) I mean, I know I've got a few friends that are like that. Definitely, Mm. they're just kind of you know, I'll just switch off. Just let it let it happen. They're having fun. It's it's fine. (laughs) Whereas I guess myself and uh, my wife were a little bit different. We're always. We both come from big families, six kids. Right. And I think uh, her mother and father were always on her about every, everything and same, same in my family. Um, but my wife and I, yeah, if our, one of our children is screaming in public, we're on it straight away. Yeah. And we yeah. look like those tight-ass parents that are kind of just on it 
you know. Yeah. Stop it. Don't do that. Get back here. Do that. Yeah, but they're like oh, more than two and they're just freaking, they're piranha, aren't they? Yeah. So it's like, oh, they're harmless yeah. until they're in numbers. Yeah. And then they'll fuck you up. So you've got to yeah. you got to control those piranha, keep them in separate tanks. It's true. <laughs> yeah, you've got to nip that shit in the bud right exactly. there. Hey, yeah. it's all very well to go and fucking hang shit on all the other parents. <laughs> but let's introduce Jason. He is, full disclaimer, my bro. Oh, what are you? Um, your Brother-in-law law? once removed or something? No, like something like that. <laughs> he was once removed, then we let him in again, and then he's going to be removed again if he's not careful. We're spiritual brothers. Spiritual that, brothers. Yeah. That's good enough. Brothers in assaulting dolphins. Jason's sister's married to my brother. <laughs> what? I don't know. People go up to Byron Bay and assault dolphins, don't yeah. they? They say they're being kind to them. They yeah. say they're communing with dolphins. But I don't know about that. I ate anyway, one. that's another story. I ate one once, but that's, that's another story as well. You ate a dolphin? Yeah, apparently. Anyway, yeah. Let's, so, so three kids, eh? Three kids. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What? Yeah, why? I know. Should have stopped at two, right? Now, did you? was the third one, were they all just kind of measured out at regular intervals or was the third like No, the first, the first was, uh, I don't want to say the M word. It was accidental. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. She in, was accidental. In the hands but of we God. Were, m- myself and my wife, we were together. We'd been together yeah. for a while. And my intention was to ask her to marry me after the New York Marathon. Right. But we fell pregnant before that. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things, man. It was, it was, well, it was going to happen. Good. It was going to. Just the timing wasn't exactly. <laughs> it was going right, to happen it? sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. And we all know what makeup sex is, right? Yes. Yeah. You have to make up to, to be able to do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the timing. Yeah. And how, are, and how, how old are they? Uh, what have you got? 13, 11, and 9. 13? Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy hell. So it's I've been a teenager. Stay at home dad now, I guess you'd say, for probably 12 years straight. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. mad. It's just total madness. Yeah, it is. And I go through stages thinking it's great and thinking it's shit. It's great. It's shit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But how? But but how fucking cool? Looking at your like, you didn't have a dad. Yes. Did you, Jace? No, I. Right. I, I, <laughs> cry, cry. <I> did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we were talking la- last week. Dan and I were talking about it was a war, more of a wartime theory, a wartime. Um, Vibe because the Anzac Day and everything, and we're talking about generations oh, yeah. of trauma. Generations of trauma. Oh, okay, right, yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. go through. Like you can be affected by, especially that through the male side of the family. Yeah, particularly, yeah. you know, there's this sort of yeah trauma that gets handled. And I, yeah. it's got me thinking: Does joy do that as well? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. And also it's things like humor. things like um, father father figures, male influence, stuff like that. Yep. So. Your your situation was pretty unusual and glorious. I met you when you were fourteen, and your whole family was just a wonderful. It was like Disneyland going up to visit yeah. you guys. It yeah. was just amazing, amazing vibe. Yeah, no dudes around. Yeah, and I think we. Had, I think we had. It's interesting that you say that because we we always have friends that would come up to our place and say, you know, "This is great. Your family's awesome." Yeah, yeah. But I think we had every excuse to be a shit family and yeah. not to be a great family because of our. Kind of yeah. extended, bended nuclear family, yeah, set up mm. the way it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so what does that mean? What, so well, what, I'm, had- what I'm saying is that that your grandmother, your, your mu- obviously we're only dealing with one channel of the family. If you grew up just with your mum, yeah, her she was also raised mostly 
by only a woman. Yes. Without without a without a male influence as yeah. well. So it's probably kind of two generations so, without a father figure, really. Yeah. So oh. would could that have set up a situation where she was she had the the toolkit, I guess, to be able to handle it and know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather yeah, I know what you mean. I, look, I don't, I don't – I've never really had that many regrets about not being able to have a father. Mm. I mean, when I was – probably when I was younger going through uh, primary school and high school to an extent, then I'd go to friends' places and their father was there and they're having a great time, you know, kind of a bit of wrestle action and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I kind of think, yeah, you know, maybe I've kind of lost out there. But uh, to your point, having uh, my mother and grandma bring me up, I don't mm. think I've lost – lost anything at all and I don't have any regret about it either I don't kind of think I don't feel sorry for myself and in that regard no and if the, look if if it if it's working and there's love and they're and and they're, they're they're good then you won't miss it as much I mean it's not yeah you just need the love man it's like it's like same sex couples yeah that's it man who you know and 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 perhaps people consider things a little bit more when they are aware that there is is yeah. is, a, is a parent missing or a certain Role model, or did you have um, sort of uncles and things like that? No, not many, man. No, no we didn't have a really big extended family either. So there wasn't. Mm. Um, I think there's always going to be someone who who will slot into that place. I mean, you might think that it's not vacant, but mm. then when you know, for instance, when I first met, uh, let's say, my first best friend, yeah, I think he almost kind of took on that role, or I looked at him as being that yeah. role, a bit of a protector, yeah. you know, my kind of my wingman and all that kind of stuff, someone who'd kind of look after me. Um, so, yeah. Tim Winton was talking about that in a talk he gave in um, when he was touring his book, The Shepherd's Hut, which is about sort of, you know, the the possible sort of so-called toxic masculinity issues mm. of, of, of violence and generational stuff, saying that that boys will will gravitate toward male leaders or role models one way or another. Yep. Like so you either provide them or you or or they will find them. Yep. Um is that something you relate to like you saying a, a a best friend and 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 did you find a kind of crew of guys or, or? I did yeah but it was it was always to an extent you know my my best mate was this or is this ad- adventurous kind of macho dude but then he's mm. got this uh, amazing sense of kind of um social justice as well so yeah, right. it wasn't like I would feel comfortable down at the local um football club you know doing what everyone else wants me to do um being a part of the you know the yeah. group just yeah. so you can please everyone and just doing stupid shit like I, I, so I was never gravitated toward those guys, and when right. I did at school, I kind of thought, yeah, this isn't really my my scene, you know. So you had you had male influences that had integrity as well as a, a, a good sense of their masculinity. Yep, and, and that's so crucial, man, because like if people get the wrong male role model, yeah, you know that's yeah, you know, and and I, and most of the time it's their fucking father, to be frank. Yeah, that's like, right. Like there's worse things. Sometimes, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's better to not have a father yeah. than, than have <laughs> a lot of the that. fathers out there. Yeah. No, because once you've got once you've got a father that's that's absent mm. and um, problematic and 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 uh, brutal or yeah. traumatic traumatized, that has a much that's a, that has a very bad effect on yeah. boys, particularly. I think. You yeah. Know? And I've, I've I mean I've had a lot of males. Uh, yeah, just being assholes to me because of you know back in the day it was skin color. We were probably the only yeah. Eurasians getting around in, in Bayswater at the time. Yeah, right. Um, and so I kind of I think I identify 
with that as well. It wasn't females who were kind of saying, oh, you know, you're gook, you're black, so-and-so and all this kind of stuff. It was coming from from men. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember being in uh, down at Frankston with my friend and his father and we were walking along the beach there and this bloke, you know, I must have well, – I was probably about 10 years old or something like that, walking down the beach and this guy in front of everyone – just picked me out and said, hey, go back, get on your boat and go fucking home, you black so-and-so. And And this is like in front of the whole beach and even my friend's father didn't say anything or stick up for me. It was kind of like, okay, let's just keep on walking here and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so, So, yeah, I mean. So So if your father, if you you felt that if your father was there, if if there was a father there who was obviously going to be. Well, I wish you know, I representing wish it was the like, race that they're picking on. I wish it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, some big guy who could go and you know take care of stuff. But in reality, it was probably be a little Filipino man who, if he had stood up for me, would have got his ass kicked, and that wouldn't have been very nice, would it? So, yeah, yeah that guy on the beach is the yeah. loser ultimately. So, yeah, yeah, that strengthened you. Have we gotten off topic here or not? There's no topic. Oh, cool. No, no, that's right. that's <laughs> you're the man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I. I kind of feel I feel blessed though being in my situation being a stay-at-home dad that I mm. I can be a father now mm. I don't think I ever thought to myself you know I haven't got a dad but when I am a dad I'm gonna be a great dad and I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and well it doesn't work like that mm. you know sometimes you feel like you're a shit dad mm. and sometimes you feel like you're a great dad but it's it's that um it's that journey man it's kind of like I explained to a friend who hasn't got kids I'm saying it's almost like the best of life and the worst of life yes. yeah and it just it just swings yeah. between that and you kind of there's no flatlining is there wow. you're just like up you know? and down I went earlier this week I got so righteous I even you know said to Fiona here's what here's what I think we should do now you know like the 11 year olds you know having maybe hormones or whatever mm. but but he's he's showing signs of you know, the last few days of being just getting really upset, mm. and we just let just hold him and and just talk him out and let him instead of going right. That's enough. It's bedtime. Like shut up and go to sleep. You know, we've mm. got to just yeah. let him ride it out when yeah. he's upset like that because it's it's serious. We've shit talked as well, about man. it when when they're tiny as well. Mm. You know, you 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 go all right. They when once they're frightened, they don't have any sense. So shouting at them doesn't do anything. And trying to get doesn't them achieve to, anything. to make sense or right? behave and, like an adult. And then the man. next night, mm-hmm. the next night, I'm like, oh, for <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's enough. Yeah. And then, I, and then but, but you're aware of it then. It's a, it's a, you're on the right road if you're saying to yourself, mm, yeah. all right, well, that didn't go to plan. Yeah. Rather than, oh, thank fuck, I can get back to Netflix. Yeah. Because the kids are in bed, even if they are weeping. Well, that's the thing, man. You think about it. Thirty. I had kids um, from thirty, the age of thirty-two. So you're dealing with thirty-two years worth of selfishness. Yeah, you know, and, and that's not that's not that's an easy thing to kind of change. Mm. So, and that's it, man. Thirty-two years of just being able to make your own choices, having your parents or parent looking after you, doing everything for you, and being a selfish asshole. And then when child comes along, you've got to deal with yeah, being selfless. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? And you can't I, – I used to get so angry when people I knew who had kids would give me that look. They'd be like – like this look like, you really don't live in the real world and, <laughs> yeah. and you can't really mature or grow up ever. <laughs> and they're not saying it. And I'd be like, fuck you. I know what you're getting at when I'm telling them how, you know, I, I my, my single person worries. Yeah. But now I – 
get it too. Yeah. Being having kids, but that thing of it's the best and the worst. Mm. It's like, and you don't you don't want to say the worst because people think, oh, that's a bit full on, isn't it? Mm. But it's it's horrifyingly difficult sometimes. You know. Mm. Yeah, and you can't explain that to someone, and you can't explain how the the, the the connection and the love too, because I don't think I don't think I even quite understand it. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy thing, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't have grown up as much as I am growing up without them, which which puts my childless friends in a funny position because some of them will have to employ other means to to grow, to grow and and get away from their narcissism if they're going to have a not such a lonely kind of older life. Yeah. Um I really didn't think I was going to have kids. It just happened like I, the first one I was 42 when when he came along and and um so I'd kind of thought I was aware that I would have to do something mm-hmm. to create meaning in my life. I don't know, it's a funny yeah, and do you think that you were kind of feeling like you didn't have meaning in your in your life without without kids? Was that thought going through your head? I, I need to. I think I need to have kids. Well, well, mm, no, because I didn't want kids really. Well, I wanted kids under the right circumstances. I didn't want to just have them accidentally yeah. or, or out of sort of yeah unconsciously or because I knew that my life was selfish and difficult too. Um. God, I'm just the whole time talking about this. I'm just thinking about how hard it's been lately, though. It's like, <laughs> it's, I, I, I really don't, I'm not coping very well yeah, okay. a lot of the time. How old are your kids? Um, four and nine months. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And fair enough. Okay. They've been sick and, and yeah. my missus, my partner's been away. And I don't know. I, and you know, you're talking about that, that you've had those years of selfishness. So mm-hmm. I had 42 years of narcissism. Yeah. Um, and being a, an artist and being, a, and not really working a real job or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you get in a certain groove that it, it's just the, the deeper the grooves are worn. Yeah. So when you become a parent, then you, to, to create these new pathways, is a lot harder because you're used to a certain. I feel old sometimes. But do you reckon yeah. they make better pathways though? I mean, there's got to be a there's got to be a bonus being old. Jason, you didn't pull off the old dad vibe. Yeah, Mid- midway. Let's 32, say. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's, that, that was okay. That was that was normal in the '60s. Let's face it; it's not a new thing. Thirty early '30s is pretty normal. Yeah, but there's got to be some benefits to the old dad thing or the or the. Or the float around, like so, let's face it, we're all just soldiers of fortune, mm. aren't we? Like we've, <laughs> there's all, yes. there's definitely benefits. <laughs> we've just done what we've yeah. done. What we've done, yeah. There's, Over there's, the there's, it's there's all come together. Benefits and disadvantages to all of it, you know. If you're really young, then you might have that issue of resenting them because you haven't done all this life living and yep. learning about yourself. I, I'm fucking. I don't want to know anything more about myself. I don't want to go out and party anymore. So oh. that's kind of good. Yeah. So so I can. There's at least that, but then I do have an older brain and some antiquated software and some low bandwidth and and <laughs> and I can only, you know. But then you know that's being a dad too, right? Yeah. Like, did you you've been the the main caregiver home yeah. with the kids? Was that hard? How did that kind of feel at first, and how's that progressed for you? So I think it was just a, a massive adrenaline rush at first, and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think you're 
there's a lot to be said for instincts, right? Your instincts just yeah. kind of kick in. And because I was brought up by two women as well, I think that kind of helped. I watched my mum have yeah. her twins when I was in year seven. Um, so even just going to the birth and the whole process of that, that wasn't really any a, a big deal for me, whereas I know some blokes kind of pass out and they can't handle it and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which is fair enough, each to their own. Um, but for me it was – I think the hardest – probably the hardest part was – Dealing with the whole selfish selfishness thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. once you're home, once the wife had finished uh, maternity leave and she's gone back to work, and you've got a child who doesn't sleep, doesn't want to sleep, doesn't want to take the bottle, mm. and you've got to do trips from you know Bondi to sit underneath the Harbour Bridge while the wife comes out and breastfeeds, and then you go back and right, um, yeah. So mm. she was a really difficult child. So I think the hardest thing for me was actually kind of working with her. Mm. Um, and trying to make make that all run smoothly until the boss got home from work and then I could kind of, you know, go down and go shopping to get the groceries and have myself mm. a sneaky couple of beers to take the edge off before I came home. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, there was nothing There was nothing really challenging for me as far as changing nappies and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I got a mate uh, who's, a, who's a pilot and... Um, when we were in Singapore, we were walking to a barbecue and his youngest daughter had the nappy on, but the poo was dropping out the nappy and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, bro, you know, really intelligent dude and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Hey, bro, you, you, your kid's kind of, you know, shitting all over the place. <laughs> you know, you better pick it up. He goes, I don't, shit, I don't change nappies, mate. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> here we are scooping up the poo. He goes, I, I don't do that. Wow. Yeah. Did so you get a, did you get me, a copy that, of his contract? That's just <laughs> like for me, that kind of stuff is a shock. If, you, if you're not changing nappies and kind of getting in there, yeah, that's that's strange to me. I think you have to get in there and get your hands dirty. And you witnessed growing up, growing up with with a mother and a grandmother who were doing all this hands-on mothering. Yep. And, and so you 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 saw all that. It isn't a shock to you, and it's not a like if you'd been pursu- you know following some. Um, guy, male role model who was saying, I don't pick up nappies and all that. Mm. That's going to make it harder for you. Yeah. But, you you know, you're, you've been perfectly trained to yeah. be able to do that at least, you know. Yeah, and that's what we're saying about <clears throat> men. And I mean, I think as fathers, I think we all need to get better. We need yeah. to be kind of a bit more a part of the game. And yeah. being a stay-at-home dad, I, I kind of understand what it's like to be a woman. Here we go. <laughs> oh, bullshit, you do. Fuck you. No, but uh, to, to, to kind of be at home and, and watching the clock tick down till 5, 36, yeah. 30 until the wife gets home and, you know, I'd kind of... And they get home and say, I'm exhausted. Can you feed the kids? <laughs> well, yeah. oh, fuck. No, but then you kind of, you know, men want to be kind of patted on the back for everything they do. So, I, <laughs> and so for, for women, you know, over the years, what they've had to endure where they're just the kind of... They just look after the house and, you know, the man, I go out and make the bacon and I bring the money home and, you know, yeah. and they, you don't get any kind of, uh, you know, no one gives you an it's applause a or a pat on the back. Or, it is, yeah. yeah, and you have to be very, um, I guess, uh, wary of that, that you're kind of not doing things to be patted on the back. It's what, what you do and it's what women have done, you know, over the centuries, have just put their bloody heads down and mm. done the dirty work. And kind of maintain the household and all that. There's, I mean, there's so much shit to do. Keep just keeping a house maintained and clean. Oh, I know. It's yeah. it's it's intense. We're planning on deciding who does that. Yeah, we haven't had that talk yet. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we plan on having a clean house when the kids hit their teens. Yeah. But, but, but it's oh, crazy. Shit. Look, you know, the cynical thing is that the more men that stay at home, the more likely we are to start taking, um, you know, stay-at-home parenting seriously because yeah. men aren't going to – like they're going to want their pat on the back, right? Yeah. They're going to be like, no, this is a fucking hard job. The women are going to be going, we've fucking told you that years ago, you assholes. <laughs> and it is the hardest bloody thing I've ever come into contact with. Yeah. It just is because there's all the – and on top of that, you've got the psychology of your own shit. Mm. So trying to put – compartmentalise what your needs are. Like I, I, I've had my narrative, my solo narrative going for all of my life mm -hmm. and then I narrowed it right down to, right, I'm quitting when I was 40. I'm quitting drinking. I'm taking things seriously. I'm not going to drink myself to death or, or take drugs in some club anymore. I'm going to write and I'm going to do it and I'll be poor if I need to be and I don't need to. I meet Missy, we fall in love and we're married and babies within five years. Like, it's pretty quick, it's, isn't it? Shut down like, all that. Wham! Yeah. yeah, and so there's all these old pathways. Now, I still want to continue my narrative to some extent. You know, like I, I want my creative outlets and stuff, but I also want to be a good dad and I don't want to resent them. Mm -hmm. And and, and so, so balancing that up, because, see, I'm in a similar position to you, I suppose, in that my wife's, that she's the money. I, um, so... There's this thing, like her work takes precedence over mine. Like yep. I, I've got a career. I've worked, done a lot of work struggling to get recognised as a, as a playwright and stuff like that, and it's starting to happen. But I don't, it doesn't make any money. Yeah. It's easy for me to, to, to devalue my thing because hers is so much more successful. Yeah. Um, and that's fine, but it's just kind of, I'm I'm going to be a better dad when I'm at least addressing some of that stuff when I when I feel ful fulfilled in that. It's getting the balance of that right. Yep. Um, did you did, are you missing out on anything, Jason, with this job? Uh, this, with the stay at home dad yeah, job. Yeah, it's a big yeah. job. Three of them. Yeah, we know that's next level from two. Yeah, we know that. We've been told. Yeah, Jesus, two's outrageous. Uh, yeah, it can be. I think you can kind of feel somewhat emasculated sometimes like when we're talking about hmm. I mean that was the the decision okay so with the missus you know you earn more money so it's she said well that's yeah. obvious that I'm going to be working right. and you're going to yeah. be staying home looking after the kids yeah right that would have been an interesting discussion yeah because it's obvious is it obvious like how would it be if you said no but I've got this idea yeah uh, we're going to struggle yeah and we're going to have to live in a caravan We've talked. We've talked about. We've talked about that. But it is yes, it is obvious. I agree with yeah. her and you. But yeah. But what if you just said? What if you were like? What if? What if you were more like Dan and you had just go? Nah, fuck that. I've got to go and write my plays for eight hours a day. So. You're but then, how much time would you have to spend with the, with the kids if you're going to write your plays for? eight Well, hours that's a what day I'm or, saying. Yeah. Not as a sing, not as you know, you've yeah. got to quit your job. Yeah. Like that's what happened in the old days. A woman can get a career to a certain point and yeah. be like, bad luck. Yeah. That's and then the comes end. the sacrifice, that's right, the, of being a parent. That's the end of that. It and then you, 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 then you can start to think and really try trip yourself out. You know, I don't know if you believe in life after death and all that kind of stuff, but uh, this is my one chance to be this person. And mm. now it's all starting to kind of drift, drift away, drift mm. away. And do you, have, do you let it go and just kind of think to yourself, well, this is, this is, this was my purpose in life. This is it. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm bringing up three, Kids, two kids, whatever. I'm mm -hmm. um, bringing up good humans, and you know, am I just going to be forgotten in the past? And well, when you're 80, unless you do pull off 
something Some- that gets you a statue, <laughs> exactly. right? Which is not going to happen to any of us, right? But that's what you think, right? Sometimes, and, like, unless you pull off the full statue, yeah. you're going to be eighty, and your and this is my belief: your your entire legacy is your children. And your grandchildren, yeah. and the relationship you have with them, because you invested your time and on life. their ability. Yeah, well, well, once you're out of the picture, you're, you're getting ready to oh, right. to mm. get your head around the fact that all right, my children have got a good relationship with their children, mm. and their this is your only legacy. Yeah. So I personally, yeah, uh, legacy. See, yeah. raising children is a, a far bigger thing than uh, yeah you know and, I, I totally agree look, but then there's the ego that just questions it sometimes you know what I mean built in it's yeah. built but it in also depends on what your story like we, we all have to have a story our own personal kind of narrative that allow that enables us to function mm. and, and and there's no point in telling yourself a negative story or a story of, of where you're not getting what you need but if you've if, if your story if so much of your personality and what you love is built on this thing here you you, it's not a matter of just changing the story overnight or no. or dumping it. You've got to find – because I've played with it. I've gone, you know what, I've rung my agent and I've rung – I do this all the time. Then I ring everyone I've got a sometimes a contract with and I say, I'm out, I can't do it, I'm finished, I'm just going to look after the kids yeah. because I just want to take the pressure off. Yeah. But then I can't just do that because I'll, I'll be absent to them. Yeah. So what I have to do is find – even if it's a small amount of time to go over here and do this bit to keep myself sane, yep, and then so that I can be present with them, it's this compartmentalizing that I haven't learned effectively yet, yeah, because I want to be present when I'm with them. I mean, you, being present, it's such a funny thing to, <laughs> it's, you know, like. Well, it is valid. You're either in the room or you're present. Yeah, you know, like you. It does. You can be They're on total autopilot, man. You can be on yeah. autopilot sometimes and the kids are kind of saying, hey, Dad, Dad, then while you're doing the dishes or doing the cooking or whatever, and that's – you are. You're on autopilot. I mean, and you haven't made eye contact with them. But it's no. partly their fault because they talk so much yeah, shit. Shut right? up, <laughs> For God's sake. My <laughs> brother was child. saying saying that we – you know, that we, we, he was – the big complaint most kids have is that their father didn't listen to them or there was kind of absent <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and once we've had kids, like my brother rang my mother and apologised as soon as he had kids <laughs> and said, I understand now. I think we've all done that. Yeah, and, yeah, and just, just how present can you as a father expect to be? And a kid doesn't need you to be present, present 100% of the time, otherwise you're some kind of sociopath. Like yeah. it's not a realistic impression of the world. And there was some psychologist or psychoanalyst that reckons 40% is the most you can possibly be present <laughs> to your kids. Yeah. And that's a good good amount, you know. Yeah. But we're obsessed with with this, you know, that we've got to really, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all those books. Yeah. <laughs> I think they over-intellectualise it as well sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it is. It's like what you were saying before. You're kind of trying to bring your kids up to be in the real world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like going down to the fish and chip shop last night. Old Vic down there. You know, I kind of ordered my, my flake and chips and potato cakes and he said, oh, do you want your those grilled for the kids? And I said, what? Really? Grill- he goes, yeah, exactly right. He said, I get bloody parents coming in here ordering uh, grilled fish for their kids. And he's like, you know, that's bullshit. You need the said, shit yeah, to hide one, the fish. Have it once a week. <laughs> you can kind of get them deep fried. I mean, yeah, there's so many. And my exactly. wife does exactly the same thing. Make sure you get grilled fish. I'm like, <laughs> Getting grilled fish. I'm the opposite. You- I go one grilled fish and three fried. And they look at me up and down and go, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw we know a guy. Who that grilled fish. Is know, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was getting my coffee this morning. One. There's always some nervous-looking guy that's there going, 
Uh, I'll have a I'll have a skinny latte with two. You're like that's fucking dude, pretty you, surreal. You, you isn't just it? have the. I'm latte. on a high sugar, just... low fat diet. Never heard of it. Never. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, we can be a bit. Hey, speaking of going to cafes, earlier on, um, I was down at. Um, the, it's not a Vietnamese cafe. It's a normal everyday Magpie's Deli. Jason, you might okay. remember it. It's still around. Yeah, it's owned by a Vietnamese lady called Marie. Mm. Anyway, I was down there, and I think maybe we're starting to exude talk to me about parenting kind of vibe, <laughs> oh, totally. which is pretty bizarre because you just kind of <laughs> you order your food and you have a bit of a small talk yeah. as best you can with the language things and stuff, and then off you go. But but just going, oh, how's your kids? I'm going good. How how are you going? She goes, oh. Yeah, it's hard. So yeah. Going, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm a bit scared about teenagers as well. When mine are, I think it's going to be hard. She goes, yeah. But then she started spilling about how, in her culture, in the Vietnamese community, they all said to her, "No, you've got to, you've got to teach them the Vietnamese way and keep mm. them." Um, she wasn't saying it, but but yeah, connected keep them connected. But also, she was saying insulated. Because outside, the, you know, the crime and the rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I, I didn't listen. I didn't do that. So she's actually was just letting me know she was regretting, momentarily, hopefully, mm. but she was regretting ignoring that, that, that idea of keeping the culture within yeah. the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like we saw, like if you tried to pash, if you tried to pash a, you know, Yugoslavian girl, <laughs> In the eighties, it was hard work. You, oh. you, know, you know what I mean? Like they were brought up the old That's way. Funny, yeah. You know what I mean? The Greeks, Dutch. I, I you tried couldn't to get pick a, up a Russian girl one time. Yeah. And it was the oh, you mean bizarre. just the cultural because their yeah, parents, yeah. Yeah. their parents didn't go through the the, you know, in Russia, it would be looser than here. I bet you, mm. you know, in nineteen eighty four, would have been looser. Russia, um, Holland, everywhere, right in Europe, but the immigrants come. In in the fifties or something, the mm. Italians and Greeks traditional. Mm. You couldn't you couldn't get in the pants of an Italian guy. <laughs> oh, so, right. so it's only the second or third generation, <laughs> exactly, because they've been brought up. Who's simulated? <laughs> because their parents believe that it's still, you know, oh, back home it wasn't like this because mm. they didn't witness the Cultural Revolution in there back home as well. Yeah, yeah. where everyone was, you know, yeah. at the blue light getting it on and stuff yeah. back home. So you get that thing. So the same thing, I guess she was saying in the Vietnamese community, they said, no, no, keep keep them keep them within the bubble. Our, in the bubble, yeah. yeah. So she was regretting it and hopefully she won't in but the end. Sure and I said to her, surely there's a balance, Marie, where you've got to, if you keep, if you build a wall and then they jump the wall, you can't see them anymore. I just made right. that metaphor. I quite, oh, quite liked geez. it. Should we use that? Well, yeah. But if you build a wall and they jump over the wall, you're fucked because yeah, you're too old to contact. jump the wall after them. Yeah. Mm. So what about a, like a a line or a wire fence or something? Maybe I've gone too far with the metaphor, but 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 in yeah, the end, that's right. The, the, culture is. I said to her, it's very important to have that culture, mm. and I explained how we were immigrants. Uh, so we're just immigrants without any cultural group. We're just. Boring white people. But you didn't create a bubble. You got out there amongst it, didn't you? Well, they had to because there was no – there's no like, oh, you move straight to Box Hill or whatever and mm. hang with the Scottish immigrants. No. That didn't happen. You just got in there because you were just generic white yeah. person so, and you off know, you something went. very interesting about that. I was watching Jimmy Barnes's um, – the, there's a sort of documentary film based on his biography, Working mm. Class Boy, I think, about yeah. being Scottish immigrants, being very poor 
Scottish immigrants. Yeah. And I was looking at him talking about his the, the alcoholism in his family and the violence and that he grew up in just incredible trauma and, and stuff. And in ter- just in terms of like racism and stuff, that, that like each group that comes through um, have trouble mm. because they get put into these kind of ghettos, for want of a better word, yeah, yeah. shipped off to some suburb and then kind of just left there. And there was he he was in Queens, something in Adelaide. It's a really rough part of Adelaide where all the Scottish immigrants Oh, uh, was it the shipyards? was near the water. Yeah, yeah, it was like Queens Bay or something. I don't know. Oh, no, Elizabeth it's called. Oh, Elizabeth, yeah, yeah. And, and so he was describing... The, he went to his old house and how he used to hide under the neighbour's house when his parents would bring everyone home from the pub and his yeah, father yeah. would be beating his wife up and then <clears throat> some neighbour, non-immigrant neighbour, friend, you know, his, his mate's family would take him in for a week because he was going to be like... And I thought, this is exactly what they, you know, this is exactly... The, the, the problem manifests exactly the same no matter where you're from whether you're a Scottish immigrant or whether you're a Sudanese immigrant or whether you're um, Aboriginal. I mean, he was describing the sorts of um, ghetto-like communities that exist in Broome in the Aboriginal community. Yeah. Yeah. But this is Scottish people. So for all the people who think it's, you know... Limited. Bloody Aborigines, you know, and and it's it's a black thing or whatever, like this was... It was identical. This yeah. is, um, which is no surprise to me, but mm. it was just interesting to see that perspective talked about because he was describing the the poverty and the violence and and the, and the alcohol problem in the same way as you hear. So uh, forced into a bubble by eco- economics, yeah, rather than just a desire to to arrive and feel safe. Yeah, Jason, you've just you've been living in Singapore for some time. Yes, this is this years. is your big feature. Yeah. Oh. So speaking of bubbles, so that decision <clears throat> is—I don't know actually much about it. Bad cousin or whatever. <laughs> cousin. kindred spirit. Bad <laughs> so, sorry, kindred spirit. bad uh, uh, spirit. So the decision to move over there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were what we were living in a in a shitty little house in Camberwell. Uh, I know it sounds. Like it's only three <laughs> times the size of ours. Uh, honestly, no. The one in Campbell, it was it was a it was a shitty little place. But um, so uh, the wife was working for one of the banks, and yeah, we were just we were just scraping through from week to week, <clears throat> and um, yeah, we kind of just came to a decision. There was an opportunity that arose. And uh, it was through a friend of Dan's and we just decided to take take the job. We were in that position where we kind of thought, you know what, let's try something fucking different. I love this we. You know, we decided to take the job. We, mm. Yeah. So that, yeah. That's the – I'm really picking up that's mm. a big thing. I mean, we honestly, we weren't it's – a, It's a team thing. Uh, like I don't mean to make it out where we were struggling, but in our situation for us, we were having a struggle and we were, beca- you know, becoming grumpy at each other and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I was probably hitting the cans too hard and um, – you know, when Dan would come home, I'd try and get out of there and go somewhere else and, yeah. you know, she'd be stressed out coming home from work and there's all those, you know, dishes and washing and all that kind of stuff to do. Yeah. Um, so we just thought we'd give it a give it a go, try something new. And we also had the conversation about bringing up the girls in a different place and exposing them to different things. I mean, we, we both had that fear. How old were they at the time? Uh, ten, 10 months, nine or 10 months. Jeez. What? Probably four, three or four, and then six or seven, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So two of them were still in nappies when we when we went to yeah. Singapore. Mm. But how gutsy is that? You hear people say, 
you people people that just move to Rosebud, mm. you know, and it's a stress. It's, it's, oh, oh, and you go, big deal, or up. But the more you think about it, Dan, making a big move with your kids. Yeah. Is such a big thing. Mm. You know, we've contemplated it so many times. It, yeah. it never gets past contemplation. I would say do it. If you ever had the opportunity, just, yeah. just do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we regretted it when we got there. <laughs> you know, we were going for That's two years. That's not uncommon. But we, yeah, I mean, we had our we had our struggles over there where we kind of wanted to pull the pin and come out, you know, come back home. So did you feel more isolated then, presumably, for a while as a f- father looking after the kids? Um, I don't know if I... Yeah, I, I guess I probably did, but I didn't. You don't really have time to feel isolated with three yeah. kids. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, you're looking for, you're kind of searching for isolation because the kids are with right. you. Yeah. So I know, weirdly enough, you're searching for that isolation so you can kind of have time to sit down and kind of regain your thoughts and yeah, yeah. Uh, re- yeah. hit the reset button. So. Um, but you would have kind of it would have been like being born, like you know, when it hasn't happened to you, Dan, yet, but one of them goes to kinder. One of them goes to kin. One of them goes to school. The other one goes to kinder, and it's sort of like boiling a frog. You gradually suddenly go, "Oh, hang on a minute, I can." What am I talking about? I can do this, or yeah. I can do something. Yeah, yeah. I can work a full day. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, right here and there. So were you kind of like, did you awaken in Singapore, going, "What the fuck? What am I? What am I? What am I doing for fun?" You'd obviously gradually built up a, a network of. People to play with. I've seen your yeah. Facebook. Yeah, I mean that took time. Like like anything, it takes time to get a bit of a network together. Were they all um, dads and stuff? Was that was that the, the was that the bond? There were there was uh, I think there was like one one or two stay at home dads. Mm. Um, the rest of them were pilots and bankers and all that kind of stuff. So, but you would stay in, you know in a condo over there. So there's there's no two ways about it. The pools are downstairs and shops. You're always going. Oh. You're going to meet someone. So if you go to the pool, you, your you're going to yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's so it's pack community that's yeah. pretty accessible, presumably. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of I think for a, in a stay at home dad scenario, that's a yeah. pretty cool way to live yeah. because it's it's easy to opt out of socialising because I'm not one of those guys who you know, can just organise to go and have coffees with a bunch of blokes I don't know Mm-mm. because you, you kind of feel uneasy about, oh, here we go, we're going to have these kind of conversations and One they're just going to be a fucking fascist. Well, yeah, exactly. Awkward. You don't know who you're talking yeah. to and, I, you know, you kind of – you'd rather stick to people you know, your own friends. But having said that, I think it's really important for your um, – for, for your mental health as well is to yeah. get out there and get amongst it and meet new people because you before you know it, you're having a conversation oh, yeah. with someone you can totally fucking relate to mm. and you can just feel, as soon as that happens, you can feel the weight just lifting off your shoulders. You know, like I've had experiences where I, I don't know whether I was depressed or whether the, the anxiety was coming from depression or whatever and I just thought, fuck, I just feel like an absolute eggshell because I've just I've yeah. done the whole day with the kids I haven't had meaning com- meaningful conversation with anyone. Yeah. Um, and then that feeling kind of starts to kind of creep up on you. Yeah, you think, yeah. Like, what's wrong with me? What's going on here? I feel a bit uneasy. I'll have a coffee. I'll have a beer. I'll try and sort this out. It but sort of wears you down it does. Time, yeah. And you, you don't realise how important human interaction is and um, and, and it can be, you know, going Adult to the – Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. It, can be, it can be like uh, going to the service station and there's a nice person on the till there and they have a bit of a chat with you and all of a sudden you're feeling like shit and you have like a, so a, you can a three-minute the- meaningful conversation yeah. and you walk out kind of going, oh, that was good. And Adult the service station attendant goes, 
he must be a single dad. He <laughs> yeah. comes here and wants to talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, oh, what are you doing? How's it going? Is, is it good working at petrol station? got another one. You must really love this job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My friends, if they were listening to this, they'd be pissing themselves laughing right now yeah. because that's me, man. I'll go, I'd have a bunch of friends around in all the different petrol stations, uh, shops and all that kind of stuff that I'd stop to have a, have a chat with and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. you need to find your... Reality again. It's like if you're living in a totally different culture that you can't relate to. You're living in child culture. Yeah. That you at some point you need yeah. something more to that. Yeah. And and anyone at the service station will do as long as they're kind of speaking English and not gibberish. Yeah. Slash. Yeah. You know, computer games or not whatever want, the kids not talk about. Wanting anything from you. Not wanting anything. Yeah. From kids you. just want want want, don't they? So. I've been yeah. telling myself that the brister is lonely as well, and he. <laughs> And he's, he wants to have a chat. He wants to have a chat, but I, I assume it's true. Yeah. How long do you stay with <laughs> hey, the hey there, Tommy? For? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I have long-term relationships. I'm a monogamous, monogamous barista. Oh, <laughs> That's my Latin name. Yeah. So, so you're living there, and you've 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 awoken into a world where you're a human again. Yeah. You know, i.e., they go to school. Still hectic. It's not going to let up. Yeah, well, I mean, it was only – it was uh, – Harper uh, started – was still in kindergarten. Yep. Um, so I still had two kids at home. And then the next year I think uh, Indy started and then mm. I still had one child at home. Mm. And then I think, uh, what, maybe two years after that, that's when Ella went. So so for three or four years I still had one child home with me, Yep. Mm. one or two kids home with me, which was, yeah, just hard, man. You can't – you just can't switch off, so – I'm fascinated um, yeah. by the by the notion of these um, people that are offshore with their families, mm. or even interstate or anywhere that yeah. is going to be for a period of time to get a deposit or whatever it is. Like uh, Marcus and Louise over in Portland, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oregon. Um, hi there. I want, I want Marcus to come on the show. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> Shout out. Get your ass. So, but but that whole that whole thing, like, when does that start creeping in? What what's going to be best for the kids? Like where the line of of what's going to be better for the future of the kids crosses the line of what's going to be better for them at a certain age. And now I know that schooling was pretty hectic. Like I can't wait to find out how they're going now. Yeah, uh, I assume they're pretty. Hopefully, not too confident, but pretty. Settled in. Yeah, they, it was a bit of a nightmare over there for them. It sounded hardcore. Yeah, Harper started international school and my international school is probably about 25, 20, 20, 25 and 30 grand a year. And so we, we kind of thought about that and that yeah. was going to tip us over the edge. So she did half <clears throat> half uh, a year at international school and then we got her into a local school. So uh, Indy went to local school as well and they're just – it's all about – being academic over there, yeah. you know. So co- coming back to Australia, we've just noticed this massive difference of how much uh, they're, they're kind of doing outside stuff and yeah. sport and running and it's just – it's brilliant, you know what I mean? I think if you could have a balance between the two, sure, yeah. that'd be great. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they were slightly traumatised by the amount of homework Yeah, and uh, especially my third one. Exam pressure at, oh, at yeah. the age of like 10 or something, is yes. that right? Yeah, so from – from grade four onwards, they have some pretty serious exams. So grade grade six is uh, almost on par with year twelve here. Jeez. The amount, the the length of their exams, and the amount of homework they have 
is that intense because that basically for Singaporean kids that determines which school they're going to go to. Yeah, so their yeah. parents are fucking riding them big time. You can see them, you know, you go to parent-teacher yeah. interviews and you go around the corner and there's a Singaporean mum there ripping the shit out of her kid in tears. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they don't report it, report it, but kids only jump off buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, when I they don't get the results. It. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's full on. Um, and, you know, kind of trades, pe- trades persons or people over there aren't kind of looked up. Uh, held in uh, in the value that we hold our traders. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Being a trader here is- Well, we know they got more money than us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a start. Yeah. The tradies. Um, yeah. So for for our kids, yeah, they, they had a they had a struggle with that. They did, they did well. Mm. Um, but Ella Bell was sent to a different school. The Ministry of Education sent her to a different school. So she, she was actually traumatised and we're still working through it yep. for now. Okay. We pulled her out halfway through and then- Daddy daycare and uh, homeschooling again. So yeah, right. yeah. So that was wow. a big decision we had to make as well. Um, you know, I'm thinking I've got my three kids in school and I've yeah. got my freedom between that time mm. and that time. And then we had were all traumatized by what Ella had to go through, mm. um, and then had to have her come back home again. Did that you? Was, that was did a you challenge. Get much feedback itself. from yeah. from the home front. Obviously, you know, with a pretty pretty big supportive family out there. And your sisters in education and stuff like that. Was there much feedback? I know when I was reading about it, I was like, I was a, I was picturing going over there like Rambo, and going, you know, to explain and, to and doing an extraction sort yeah. of thing. Like, You'll have to tell us a bit about what we're talking about. Okay, here. so so my youngest Ella Bell, she was sent to a, a different primary school yeah. to the other two, and yeah. the other two went to a primary school which had a, a really good mix of ex, expats. Right. So you can imagine if you come from a family of three and you. Um, your older siblings are going to one school and mm. then you're sent off to another. Yeah. So, you know, in the morning you drop the why two off and say goodbye go and then you school? go and take her to a, another school. You know, it's just the Ministry of Education's choice. Being an expat, you don't have a, a choice oh, okay, when you go to local okay. school. Right, okay. Um, so she was sent to the – and this was a real local school, you know. It was just full yeah. of Malays and Singaporeans. And, mm. mate, for, so for three years she didn't have – she wasn't invited to a play date or a birthday party. They just – didn't do it. Right. So she was she was almost like the little Sudanese kid in, a, in an Australian yeah, school. So yeah. it, was, it was kind of flipped for us. We kind of, you know, she was being kind of teased and bullied and all that kind of stuff. And, right. you know, her teachers were, they, they were scolding her all the time. And she, she, right. she was becoming, she became a nervous wreck before she would go to school. There'd generally be tears before yeah. she was going and yeah. freaking out that, oh, poor baby. you know, I haven't, got, I haven't done my homework properly and I'm going to get scolded and all that kind of stuff. So it got to the point. Yeah. Uh, where it was stressing, you know, myself, my wife out as well. Where we just, yeah. said, you know, fuck this. You know, Good on you. Pull her out, and um, yeah, and that was half the reason why we came home as well. Right. Okay. I it's didn't know that, about the Alabella side. I just thought yeah. it was like extremely hardcore exam stuff. Oh no, yeah. So well, on, in Alabella's case, she was she was just um, yeah. yeah traumatized. Oh, Good on you. So yeah. So yeah. That, so yeah. coming back to Australia was that a, a, pretty closely associated with that. It was. Decision, um, or did you always have a plan to go the high school in Australia kind of thing? Yeah, we wanted to – we want our kids to kind of be brought up in Australia to to identify what it is to be Australian. And yeah. I think that's yeah. – what is it? Grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Australia's kind of menstruating at the moment, isn't it? We've got all these questions. What is it to be Australian? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but just from an educational point of view, we wanted our kids to be, able, to be able to out. think outside the box. Yeah, which yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure that Singaporeans know how to do that so well. 
No, and that's pretty common, isn't it? With with, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Singapore's classified as an emerging economy. It's not really, is it? Because it's yeah. been sort of, but but certainly a lot of um, Asian countries that are really coming out of like Vietnam. I spent a lot of time there, and the, the pressure then because they know, you know, parents know where they've come from, and mm. the hardship that they're moving away from. Then that, that tr- huge pressure academically and yeah, like it's pretty. Pretty full on. I mean, I under you can see where it comes from. Yeah, but in the context of a kid who's going to be Australian, yeah. ultim- ultimately, it's not preparing her for no for, for anything that's good for her. Yeah, know? yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, my kids are loving it. They love yeah. being back in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> do, do they get it? To get a result like their experience, maybe not so much Alabella. We'll find out. But after because it was mm. super traumatic. Mm. But um, did that hardcore thing make them enjoy like i know i fucked up i went from i was at camberwell grammar in year 10 and they said you started too high bro (laughs) (laughs) for reference i put my hand up here that was i don't know why there is a height with your hand for year 10 what what would that be i don't know anyway i started in year 10 bit lower Yeah. yeah there we go and i did that and and they told my parents that uh what they recommended is i do accounting and economics and all these subjects. And my parents were like, what? No, we want him to do maths and science. And they, But, but there, obviously, their goal is to get really high hmm. results. For yeah. the, for, it's, a, it's a business. They're running a business. So they let me go to another school called Billinook. Didn't have a year 11 <laughs> starting. It had a year 10 because it was a new school. And it was. I think their motto was growing and caring. Mm-hmm. Would have been... I would have, would have felt more masculine if they'd made that in Latin, <laughs> but there you go. And and it was not only piss easy because I'd already done year 10, but I'd also done year 10 at probably twice the level. Yeah. Right? So kind of what your girls are going to be going through. Yeah. So twice the level, doing it again, and there was girls, <laughs> and it just – I instantly – me, I just instantly turned into a guy who didn't do anything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a good point. Took it easy. Pressure was right. So, yeah. so you don't want to be cocky. You yep. know, like it's the, the biggest worry to me would be that they were a little bit, got yep. a bit smug. And, no, yeah. And socially made enemies because they were kind of like, oh, why don't you know that sort of thing? Yeah. It must be a big journey for you to make sure they maintain a, an understanding why they're yep. cleverer or, or no, further you, forward. You hit the nail on the head like – you know, uh, they were coming from uh, doing homework, you know, maybe two hours of homework a night, yeah. which isn't right for kids, man. They need to be outside playing pretty full that on, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah so yeah. now it's gone to the point where it's kind of we have to ask them to sit down and do their homework. It's like, yeah. come on, it's homework time. Oh, Read so they're book, lapping it up. They are. They are. And they, they kind of deserve it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't have too many dramas about that. So yeah. yeah. Tom's 11. He's never done any homework in his life. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't been asked to. <laughs> let, let me point that out. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be right. Yeah. Do you are, are you um now that the kids are getting a bit older, are you are you starting to think about some more? Your 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 sort of things you, you might want to do or things that you put aside when you had kids or like did you wholeheartedly just go into being um stay at home dad and, and leave most of your other kind of pursuits behind? Man, I've I've did you I mean I I could say um, quite honestly, that I still don't know what I want to do. Right. I've I've, I've been like that all my life. You know, I mean, mm. I've had I've had a whole bunch of interests. I've been a you know, jack of all trades, master right. of none. Mm. But I, it's, yeah, am I? What am I? What am I pursuing? 
I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure, man. Mm. Yeah, I think. You, I, know I think got... you'll be looking after these girls till you and their children. <laughs> no, but it's just that when you when you when you're relatively young, when you have your kids, then there's going to be time later in your life when they're independent. Like if you have them when you're really old, like me, they're going to feed home until I'm yeah. carried out in a box, probably. Yeah. But you know, like there's that thing of. Well, you may end up having a, suddenly a lot more time as yeah. they go into high school, etc. Yeah, and but if you look on the top, you think about you know, oh, it is definitely like when I was when I was in Singapore, I was fortunate enough to live next door to uh, a photographer. Well, he called himself a photographer. Mm. He was a an ex CEO of um, a logistics company or whatever, and took time off and started up his own photography business. And uh, yeah, he was you know he was pretty amazing. He'd just go out and get work, you know, mm. which what I would not be very good at. He wasn't a great photographer, but he could. He had the gift of the gab and would go yeah, out yeah. there and just he created his own business. So I was fortunate enough to get on board with him and get back into photography and and kind of uh, ended up you know getting out in Singapore and and um, taking a lot of photos and getting work and having my own money and man that was a good feeling mm. that was a great feeling. So um, yeah, for me right now I do need to kind of recreate me recreate myself. Maybe it's in photography. I'm not sure. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't. There's no hurry, obviously, right? You, you, yeah. If you're happy. Yeah. To... Oh, they kind of. There is. I feel that <laughs> sense of pressure. Yeah. There is. A, you know. Well, if people keep asking. Years old, yeah. The more people ask you, the more. Yeah, you get. <laughs> it's funny with um. It's funny. It's funny. I didn't expect. Like my wife's the money, and there's no way I can compete with that. Like, yeah. and and when we got together, it was like I could either. Go and get a job at the li- like I, I worked in libraries and things like that, you know, public. So very low paid kind of, um, um, you know, local government jobs or just <laughs> video shops or things like that. Or, uh, and I could go and get a job and um, like add some kind of tiny amount of money to the whole thing and not. Uh, but but when we first got together, I felt really obligated to do something like that, that it was about money until we had the kids. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I went, well, I am the fact that I'm not making the money doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore because because you early on you said something about we took a job. and and Missy and I like that now when she takes jobs, when she's got offers for things, she talks to me about it. We discuss it. Do you think this is yeah. a good idea? Should I do this? Blah, blah. You know, and and as soon and I remember my brother saying, Well don't worry about feeling like you're not pulling your weight or like whatever. When once you've had the kids once they throw up in your <laughs> mouth. Don't you man. worry. <laughs> it all balances itself. Yeah, out. you're you're doing a fucking job then. Yeah. And because I you know, we we sw- alternate a little bit. I'll be I'll have them more when she's busy writing or working and vice versa. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you have to you have to have an understanding between yourself and your wife that you are you are a team. Yeah, and just to get that, yeah. just to, from time to time to get that pat on the back, and for your wife to kind of say, you know, you're doing an awesome job and um, you're kicking ass, and I know yeah. what you're going through and all that kind of stuff. It just be that little bit of you just need to have that little bit of maintenance from time to time, just to yeah. kind of keep you keep you going. Yeah. yeah, and I'm lucky in that we do. It's not quite the same as you. Where we, we do alternate, we we both pretty much share it. Yeah, it's just that it leans more to one or the other of us, depending on yeah on what's going on. Yeah, so there's not a complete um, division because I know know some people who've put there's an isolation. You know, to, when you're just in kid land all the time, and you were saying earlier about you can start to lose your kind of sense of groundedness or what the fuck is going on just yep. because you're not getting that adult yep. conversation. So 
um, that's something that can be hard for people to understand when they're the one going out to work yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Oh, so my wife is, she, we moved back to Australia, Melbourne, mm. and, you know, her her boss at the time mm. kind of said, suggested it would probably, um, you know, it would be fine to work out of Melbourne. You'd do a fly up to Sydney the first few months, yeah. but it looks like it's going to be two years of, uh, you know, her going up there for most of the working week. Wow. Yeah. So oh. that's when your sphincter kind of goes. Oh, so up. you're really, a, then you're, you're a single dad almost. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's kind of worse than splitting up. For all intents and purposes, you're a single dad for part of the week and except that you've got, you have got the, the partner there when you need them. Yeah. If you absolutely need them. Talk yeah. us through this morning yeah, from, what's, say, 5 a.m. Well, 5 a.m. Well, let's say on a, on a Tuesday, so Dan wakes up at 4 o'clock. Um, and by five o'clock, she's you know out of the house and going to Sydney, and then back Jeez. on a Thursday night. But this week, it's gone from Tuesday morning until Friday night. Yeah. Um, so you know, like this morning was um, Harper had band practice at seven forty, so we had to get up at six thirty. Um, the other two kids didn't kind of get themselves ready quick enough. So one yeah. was in tears because I was saying, I've got to go and drop Harper off. I can't leave your kids at home by yourselves because that would be Saying bad parenting. Were you bellowing? So, were you bellowing? <laughs> so, no. no uh, Please. She, she, was, yeah, she was just upset that she wasn't getting ready quick enough. Last one out of bed and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so, so your timing can get knocked out, right? Oh, totally, so, man. So, so if, it's, if you're out by 10 minutes and then everyone's stressing out, it's a, it's a fine line. So then, yeah. yeah, so Harper gets dropped off at school and I come screaming back like a madman. Um, you know, enter the house, get them ready, take them to school, come back, and then Harper, just as I'm about to come and see you guys, oh, you know, Dad, I've left my iPad at home. Can you drop it in the school? And it's just like the anger starts building up. It's like, come yeah. on, man, don't do this to me. Shit. So, yeah, those things, I mean, those things always happen. It's the unpredictability, to, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you you, you, you just got to roll the punches, I guess. Yeah. God never sends you more than you can handle. <laughs> That's right. You know that one? Yeah. Fuck big, you. Big ring. <laughs> well, he's pushing it. <laughs> Here, try this. Yeah. Return to sender, God. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. And because I feel that now, it's, it's balancing how hysterical to get. Like my son takes... 18 months to get from his bedroom to the oh, car. Like, yeah. and there's the, so, so you physically have to drag him everywhere. Yeah. So can you go get up in your, now I want to take time to let him do it in his own pace, but then he'll take the piss. I don't want to get to the point where I just have to start dragging him. Yeah. And then he'll say to me, you're being too rough. And I'll go, well, get in the fucking car. Don't hide in the boot. Get out from under the, take that hat off. Yeah. Get out of the cupboard. Like, please. And then once you find yourself pleading, yeah. a sort of, so you've got to kind of implement those things so you don't get to that point. Like, yeah. like to try and, like, if you've got that 10-minute window, I can't even imagine it with three. Mm. It's like chess. You've got to be thinking ahead, right? Yeah. Like, I never knew I could be that organised, man, you know, yeah, to get right. three kids. I didn't think I could, you know, beforehand I, I wouldn't have thought that I could actually achieve that, yeah. making their lunches, getting their breakfast ready, you know, getting dressed, showered, barking at them all the time yeah. and getting them out. So each time I do it, I do feel a little sense of kind of, you know. Yeah. Well done, mate. You've done it. Yeah, Good job. Shit. Good job. What about the guilt? Though? I, I, that's my job. I do that. The what? Every day. That the morning, oh, right, yeah, the yeah, whole thing, lunches. Oh, yeah, I do that, and then but I've got that added thing of going, you got to because I've got to get to work. We're recording. Dan will get upset. 
Yeah, yeah. it's very Blame cross. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was stressing about this morning. Uncle Jason's coming in, kids. Come on. It's okay to be late, uh, late for you, but I don't yeah. have no Dan. So our clover. I was under the pump. Our clover. Um, she's turning. She's like Fiona. It's unbelievable. There's no need for a DNA test on that one. Like if you go, Clover, get out of bed. She go. Um, go. What? What did you say? She go. I was just thinking about what I was going to wear. I'm going, fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Genetically yeah. fucking embedded excuses for staying in bed. I'm stretching. Yeah. Oh, no, because Tom, he's up and about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, up and about. But I do he's most He's up and about, the- and then an hour later you go, let's go to the car, and you'll go, but, but I have to have my sports stuff today. Yeah, like, should have told me. And then it's like the high right? voice of truth kicks in. It's like, yeah. well, why did you do that an hour ago? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, man. They're underwater. And, just, and, and then you've got all these parenting books telling you the, the right way mm. to do things. Fuck that. I haven't read them. Oh, I haven't I read mean, one either. I know, I know. But the problem is that they lure you in with – some of it is tr- rings true in an ideal world to, to deal with it in this way. And certain things – I have specific things I've learned to deal with better, like meltdowns and how best to not escalate, you know, learning how to not escalate these things by, by fighting them and stuff like that. But, but it's, it's just all these competing voices then, isn't it? It's very hard to get the balance right. Yeah. And then I run it, but you know, I'm like, you were talking about the service stations because of this podcast. I just, when I see my neighbors or whatever, and they, they say, how are you doing? I go, the kid's fucking sick and won't talk, won't do this. And, <laughs> and they go, I know. I, I, my child just, they almost, <laughs> Everyone opens up. Yeah. they open right up and yeah. they start telling you and you go, yeah, I know. How do you get that to happen? And, and what, is yours doing this and is yours doing that? So there's, the, the suburbs are just full of all these people mm-hmm. panicking and trying to get it right and, and trying not to turn their kids yeah. into Jeffrey Dahmer, you know. And then, and then, you know. I'd have that at kindergarten, man. We'd, I'd turn up uh, with the three girls, you know, looking like shit and – the rest of the people turning up, the parents, yeah. they've all got their makeup on. Hi, how are you? Hi, yeah, hi. great. And, you know, <laughs> you, you break the ice sometimes and say, you know, I'm shit house. I'm tired. <laughs> kids weren't sleeping. Bloody this and that. And having a bit of argument I've with got the missus. And they so am I. So I know. Us. And you, you the start facade the drops. Yeah, it the does. The facade drops. And it's like, holy shit. Why Maybe. And blokes are a little bit better at not covering it up with bullshit. Like, yeah. like I, I show up. In my tracksuit, covered in vomit. Yeah, and then I just sort of go. Sorry about the piss smell. It's not me. I promise you. You know, and everyone's gravitating towards Dan. Look, look at Dan. Let's go and have a chat. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's a service I'm doing, and they all feel better about themselves because I'm yeah so ragged. Yeah, you know, but we we have an obligation to be ragged. We're providing a service to the yeah. ladies, the schools, I think. And like this podcast, we're just trying to let people know, you know, that because yeah. there's a lot to be said for. For being, uh, for just hearing that other. I mean, I keep referring to my brother saying that he, when he sees someone losing their shit at their kid in the supermarket, he just his heart. He, it's like his tank gets filled. Yeah, because he's like, I'm the oh, same. other people, uh, you know, cease to cope for periods of time. Yeah, and and you you just need to know that you just need to know. Oh come on, everyone loses their shit behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Behind closed doors, where everyone's putting up a front. Everyone's yeah. putting up the front, and that's okay. I yeah. mean, that's all right. Otherwise, it'd be bedlam out there. It it'd would be. be. It'd I be mean, like a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> if you really, you know, I, call me a sicko, but if I was, you You're know, a sicko, if I, was, <laughs> if I really wanted to go and relax or get some evil pleasure, 
go to one of these fucking cafes in Carlton that are especially for kids. For kids, like for uh, and, and go for there kids. without your freaking kids. Yeah, and just go <laughs> <laughs> watch them dealing. Have with three it. lattes, have a toasted sandwich, have a cake as well. Yeah, and it's not a hundred bucks. That number one fiscally. Yeah. It, it's a nightmare when the kids start, when you go to a cafe with four. Oh. I don't know what it's like with oh, Walmart. No. Well, even, it must even, be a $100 McDonald's. Yeah, it is. If you had McDonald's. Oh, lunch is, yeah. Lunch, of course, we don't need McDonald's. No, 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 no. McDonald's. No. <laughs> uh, lunch and breakfast, yeah, probably between 90 and 120, I guess. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But, and then uh, you got to get them on a plane. That's expensive. Oh, Holy shit. Moly. It's expensive, but it's more painful than it is. The pain's more uh, in the behaviours on, on planes. We took – We took. you should have seen – you want to see someone the, – there's a particular look that people in business class get when they see a baby coming into business class. <laughs> I just fucking paid seven grand for this and you walk in with a fucking infant? Because we got – Missy got tickets – part of the deal for doing a show in America was that, that they gave us return – Business. Uh, business class oh, tickets. Shit, man. And and then so we built her. We, then we stayed in the US for six months. We, yeah. we, and, and she toured the tour, we did, they built a tour off the back of this one gig. Wow. This one sort of, well, it was for the zoo. It was for the, it was for the um, environmental, the conservation society or something. But yeah, they just paid for the flights. I don't think she even got paid for the show, but but it was like two songs or something, and then then we we built a whole thing out of it. Um, but so yeah, seeing them the, when they the people's faces when we bring that kid on, and we just kept walking him up and down all all night. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 they don't like it. I strangely feel for those guys. I know it's I hate yeah. the rich and all that, but but. Oh, being they in did pay like, their money. No, no, like, I'm, I get, I get yeah. it. I totally yeah. get it. But that's why I tried to keep him out when he was just, you know, and, and he was pretty good. But also it meant that we could lie him down mm. and he could – I mean, he still didn't sleep for 24 hours. Yeah. And he was one and a half. So Ugh. it was like by the time we got to Manhattan – he was on the climbing up the glass of the taxi, just going ah! like this. <laughs> That's all. I remember seeing the Manhattan skyline with his kind of red, watering face, <laughs> screaming <laughs> from this taxi. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we we refer to everything as business class now. Like, like it's like um, because once you've had business class, it's. You should never go business class no. <laughs> because then it fucking ruins it. Ruins it. It's it like when you get a get a. We had the night nurse um, when when the baby wasn't sleeping properly because and Missy was sick and we we just had to she had to recover, so we had like a week of a, a, a this great sleep specialist night nurse who came and just took the baby at night. Wow! Seven o'clock, we handed the baby over and went to sleep. Yeah, and. And and it's again. It's we were saying this is the business class of parenting because now now we can't. How do you go back from that? How do you yeah. go back to actually? The- that's that's like a lot of people in Singapore. A lot of the expats because they have um, domestic helpers. Yeah, yeah, and they can and you'll speak to it and- well, you just yeah, they can afford it, and but you speak to them about moving. What would be the hardest thing about moving back to right. your home country? And they say, well. Just having the helper and having to wash yeah. our having to wash our own clothes and make our own beds. <laughs> I know, fair income. It's horrible, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. It, it is like it's it's very uh, you yeah. know first world, but it but it is going to be hard for them. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, they'll have to adjust. But I know, mean, you're probably in the same boat as me as well. Like we had, well, I was probably the third in my family to have kids. You were what, the second. Yeah, and the the people and uh, your brother and sister or whatever who have the kids first, they they're just blessed. 
because mm. you know grandma and grandpa they just thought the golden it, children know, they are the golden yeah children. and then it just drops off after that you know yeah. and we were third we were third on the on the oh, run so what so. are your one's names yeah. again <laughs> exactly this, this one doesn't look like one of ours surely not <laughs> <laughs> this one's a fucking ringing <laughs> so it was obvious from the start that you and I were going to be really good with kids Jason mm. yeah I would say yeah um, I agree. From Chuckles and McDougal. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to explain? Oh God. Okay. Well, so I come from a, a a circus family. So my mother and grandma were contortionists, trapeze artists. You name it, they did it. Um, and we're only just bringing this up now. Well, yeah. Holy yeah. shit! I it's a fatherhood know. podcast, not a circus podcast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's fucking and awesome. So- Grandmother was full vaudeville. Yeah, wow. the real McCoy. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Where whereabouts? You know, not in Australia. Uh, well, she was born in Tassie, but uh, yeah. So we kind of they they travelled abroad. I think they did Hong Kong. Um, and wow. That, so they had, they actually yeah. worked together. So my mm. mum went to school for a little while, but basically it was um, my grandma and my mother, and they um, had an act together. And yeah, wow. Yeah. So wow. okay. Yeah, and yeah. then we travelled with the circus with the kids, and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we're, were you the youngest clown? Oh, in? that's right. Because yeah, okay. So instead of you get to a point where instead of doing the paper round, you become a clown, yeah, wow. or a children's entertainer. Cool. Yeah. So I took on my grandma's clowning name, which was Chuckles, and I thought uh, that was just general family laziness. <laughs> like, oh, because it, it was. It, it sounds glamorous. Like okay, you've been trained as a clown. It's not. It's just like. Oh, Keith, this, you know, we talk about father figures. Mm. I was thinking about Keith the other day. Keith who? Just Keith. Mm. You know Charlie's Angels, how this voice would come down? Yeah. yeah. So, so this whole mat- matriarchal family for two generations and then the, the phone call would come from Keith. Yeah. And you never know when you, oh, well, I didn't no. know. I was just a, a sort of a, I guess, a peripheral guy. Mm. It's like, who's this Keith? And Keith would bring the jobs in. Yeah, he would. Oh, Keith! Yeah, Keith. yeah, your agent. Keith. That's right. Yeah, the agent. Yeah. Right? So hang on. So you're you. That was sort of like your first job. Yeah. Was being a clown in part of your mother's. Were they part of a circus? Okay, so they were. Or, they, were or, or, they they um. My grandma married a Holden, so we're related to Mark Holden. Uh, her as, husband was Leo Holden. He was as uh, in Mark Holden the yes. singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So she yeah. travelled with the Holden Circus. All right. Yeah, but then broke up with my. Uh, my Great grandfather, right. her husband, and and left, and then um, started working with mum and travelling around, and then we eventually joined another circus, Alberto Perry's, and that's there was three of us, three kids, so we travelled with my mum, grandma, my older brother, older sister, and myself with a another circus. So we travelled with them as a family for probably about two years. Wow! And so that's. That's uh, how we all kind of uh, inherited the skills of being able to kind of clown or entertain kids. Yeah. I never, I, mean, I was never a great clown, you know, I couldn't j- juggle five balls. I didn't have all those skills, but I, I kind of had the energy. Yeah. And you were the, tiny the, and the very, very cute. <laughs> very cute. But no, talking about uh, Chuckles and McDougal. Well, yeah. that's it. Well, 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 what happens was when I, when I met the family, Jason was probably about 14 and everything, and they, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, it was, that they'd been in the circus and stuff like that, and they were still doing a mini circus in shopping mm. centres and stuff. Mm. Performing dogs, puppets and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and there was this, and there's this, this, yeah. this Keith guy. Mm. I've only just thought about the booking it. booking agent, Keith. And yeah. it was just this voice like Charlie going, this is your job, right? And yeah. then it, it sort of just like was so loose. It was like, oh, we need, we need a clown. We need an Easter bunny in uh, yeah. Hampton Park shopping centre. 
or whatever. Or, or, or a mad hatter for Maya yeah. to walk around. And, we go, um, and, and that's what happened to me. I was 19, living in Geelong, full hippie fe- festering hippie. And it was like, oh, Keith needs a Santa for the pancake parlour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> pancake I've told you the story. Santa. That's, that's how that rolled in. It was like, yeah. what? And it's like, good on you, Keith. And it's like, I wonder what Keith looks like. And one day... There was like, oh, Keith needs someone to man a bouncy castle for a corporate function, right? Christmas party. Okay, yeah. And I'm going, I'll do that. hundred bucks. That was like getting good money, it was like getting a thousand bucks yeah. for a couple of hours at the time. Mm. And he's like, oh, can't get there. Keith will pick you up. Keith picks me up. It's like this crazy old car, like a- Aston Martin? Aston Martin, like mm. a James Bond car. Yeah. And there he is, sort of like dressed as a magician. He hops <laughs> in, he goes, careful. What's your feet? And this huge rabbit is wandering around on the floor of a car. It's like, yes. Yeah. Full cred to, I don't know what happened. That's funny. Feet, My grandmother was a contortionist. She, oh, really? she didn't join the circus, but she threatened to because she did ballet and. And there's there's an Australian ballet thing in my family. A mother, mum's side, my aunt was in, and my grandmother was big uh, in ballet. And then she was very flexible. She did contortionist stuff in mm-hmm. some contexts, but I haven't found out the full thing. Okay. But it, yeah, she she would always talk about joining the circus. Yeah. And I inherited the, her flexibility. Did you really? Yeah, I don't stretch, and I can sort of. Get my legs behind my head and all Serious? that sort of stuff. Yeah. Are you a yoga guy or not? No, I have been, but I. But it's funny because I can do stretch at certain uh, positions that that just I don't even warm up. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, splits and hips and no, not splits. Okay. But you know, like I can do the lotus position without using my hands to put it there, mm. and I can put my head flat on the floor while in lotus. Oh, so, okay. And and all that stuff. Wow, in her, it's, actually, it's just gen- a hip flexibility genetic. thing that I think my grandmother had, and wow. there was always this story about her going off to join the circus, or she was going to. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It was yeah. a pretty cool experience. I, I didn't tell many people when I was younger because I didn't want them to know. Yeah, but then as you get older, you kind cool. of you, yeah, you tell your stories and people. But living are, with with an actual traveling circus, must mm, so going to sleep to the sound of lions and elephants yeah. and tigers and all that kind of stuff. Living in caravans and having. Oh, so know, it was back when there was animals. Yeah. Right. Totally, man. I remember uh, these little memories come into my head, but I remember when the lions would come out, they'd put – so at half time they'd erect the cage. Yeah. And then they'd back the um, the, the wagon up, uh, yeah. which had the lions into it, and the lions would jump into the cage. And so each town we went to, they'd have lions club members. Right. So uh, Uncle Albie and Uncle Rob, as we used to call them, yeah. the, the owners of the circus, they'd organise a cricket match with these guys, and then at the end of the day they'd bring them into the circus and bring them into the lion's cage. Right. So, so Albie was Albie was the line tamer, mm. like this old school dude with like Vaseline hair, slick back in the yeah. black wave. I mean, he was so cool. And then yeah. Rob was the uh, the the head clown or whatever, and he he'd kind of run the show from behind the scenes, or whatever. But I just remember um, when the the Lions Club members were in there, there'd be a little gap. Um, out back from where all the acts would come out, where we would all be standing, and there'd be a clown with a three hundred three just just standing there, just waiting. Oh, fuck. Yeah, a, like a, with a, red, a red, red nose. That's a that had amazing on with a image tr- with a three hundred three just sitting there, just peeking through the curtain, there just in case, just in case. So, you, so the Lions Club is just like members of the public with a bit of coin who get to meet the Lions. Oh, I, I think they were like boys, men's boys clubs or something. Gent, gentlemen's oh, it's club, a fun, Lions Club. It's Lions a fun club's like a fun, so you, it's a fundraising yeah, club. Yeah, because rotary. You, you couldn't rotary. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. could not get me in a cage with a lion. Uh, so presumably they go. 
Go on, go and have, get a bit closer to the lion. Yeah. Right? And then what do they do? Look at the lion in the eye. Don't look it in the eye, surely. Uh, well, it might yeah. fucking turn on well, you. Well, that's not a big cage, man, when you think about it. You're in there with like three beasts. Yeah, so they go, it's- yeah, yeah, get in that cage with that lion. Yeah. What? Yeah. But that image, you got, surely that's a we've got to do image, a painting yeah. of that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Something, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. yeah. Did he thing. ever have to discharge that 303? Mm, no, no. No. There was a gun discharged at the circus, though, one time. Right. Yeah, my grandma, we'd left we'd left the circus and my mm. grandma stayed there, so we went and settled down in Bayswater. Um, <laughs> and uh, Lola stayed in the circus and uh, they were in Mariba at the time. And Albie's son, he was, a, he was like one of the first ma- male role models, one of the guys I looked up to, actually. He was a young fella, strong, broad shoulders. I, I have a memory of him kind of carrying me around and, um, you know, I hadn't had a dad for... A while then, yeah. Um, but I just remember kind of you know being on his side and kind of feeling his shoulders and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, and yeah. just feeling safe. Yeah, sure. Um, but he was also a bit of a Romeo, so each town that he'd come to, he'd you know meet the ladies and all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. But anyway, he obviously met the wrong lady who had a very jealous uh, boyfriend. Right. Um, and I think they were in the town for about a week or whatever, and so. Um, my grandma always suffered from laryngitis, always losing her voice and had a cough and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the, story, the stories meet. Um, so she was walking along and she saw this guy enter the circus with a gun. So this was right. the boyfriend. He's jealous. He was asking, Jesus. where's, where's Daryl? Where's this guy? Um, and he, he was going around to the caravans yelling and all this kind of stuff. So my grandma had seen that and she's gone up to try and tell Albie. She's trying to yell and scream and say, he's got a you know, man's got a gun and someone's here. Um, and then there was next thing gunshots, and this guy had found uh, Daryl and the and the girl and shot them both dead. <gasps> yep. And Albie had uh, come running to the caravan. He'd burst out, and there's a struggle that ensued. Ten hands came out and pinned him down, and <sighs> and his son lost his life about uh, two weeks later, I think, in in hospital. A week or two later. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. Wow. So that was pretty traumatic for my grandma having to go. Through so that. she was still there, but the you lot had no, we'd there. gone. Yeah, you'd gone. So right. after that, she. She couldn't stay she in the circus out, anymore. She yeah. got out and came. Live is with that? Us. I mean, the the carnival folk have always had a bit of a, a rough reputa- reputation, right? Like, yeah, but but yeah. this is circus is different to carnies. Circus, yeah, that's exactly right, and that's the point circus I make to is people. People with a, I mean, they're, they're making a show and they've got skills. Entertainers, carnies just yeah. are a bit too grabby. They, yeah, they, they're on the out, <laughs> they're on they're on the outside, just kind of feeding off the yeah, spoils. Yeah, they're a little bit yeah. a little bit dubious. Yes, mm. that they are, and they but, still are. You get on the Dodgem cars and they just touch you a little bit too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 Any carnies out there, I'm sorry, will, uh, stereotyping, <laughs> the stereotyping of the carnies. We shouldn't do that. But it's amazing. Yeah. Do you think that wow. without that incident, that horrible incident, it, yeah. it was that was definitely yeah. everyone was still affected by that. Yeah, she had the fear. She yeah, couldn't stay not. in the circus in the caravan by yeah, herself. Yeah. Yeah. But if that hadn't happened, do you feel that? Your life path might have been different. Like, do you think that maybe you would have hung out in Bayswater and then after the, you know, your mum split up? With, do you think the, you might have all joined the circus again, or was it definitely your mum's goal to get you? I think she wanted us all to settle down, be normal people, yeah, kind of thing. Because my older brother and sister they were doing correspondence, and I don't think that was kind of going too well. Yeah, so I think she wanted to kind of gr- the ultimate goal was to ground ourselves. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what mum always dreamt of was having. Uh, a husband there to kind of help out with the family. Yeah. 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 
but that yeah. yeah that particular husband didn't turn out to be a stand up kind of guy. So, right. Yeah. No. Did, were there? Did she have other husbands, boyfriends? Uh, well, the first. So my older brother and sister's father, who I thought was right. my father, right. um, he was. Uh, so we lived in Sydney. Yeah. Um, he was a travelling musician, so he'd jump on a on a ship for six months of the year. Right. right. Um, and go back and forth. So um, it got to a point, obviously, where mum was a bit over it. Sure. Um, and she met my father. Right. Yeah, right. so when, when when he was away, there was a, um, you know, uh, a what? Word. I don't know the What's word. word? <laughs> yeah, it was an event. A love affair. Uh, a love affair. There was a love affair, yeah. So, I mean, I, I yeah, that happened um, and, uh, yeah. Domingo found out about it, obviously, when he came back and he was kind of, oh, that's that's fine, I understand, I'll, I'll treat him as my own son and all that kind of stuff. And um, and then, yeah, jumped on a boat again and did his other six months and was in New York. I think he was on the subway, uh, got beaten up, had high blood pressure and died the next day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, wow. and then that's when mum and Lola, my grandma, um, decided to pack up and move down to Melbourne, bought a house down there, and then we travelled with the circus. And, and they were a double act, your mother and daughter, yeah. sort of contortionist acrobatic thing? Or yeah, that, that, that was even previous to, to that particular circus, um, that they'd been a double, a double act for, God, since mum was probably eight or ten years old. They were, mm. they were doing shows to support themselves. We'll chuck yeah. some pictures up on the... Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wish, we, I wish we'd... Yeah. We, 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 I wish we'd talked about this. Yeah. No, I don't. That's we right. had another good talk, but I'd love yeah. to talk about this more. Yeah. So I didn't find out about my father, speaking of fathers, mm. I didn't find out about my my real father until I was 21. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we all... It's a pretty heavy time. Yeah. 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 But then, but then... Yeah. then it's, was it's, he kind of gone then? But then you've come up with the the, he, the whole... F- the, f- the father thing not being a critical issue. Mm. You might have had some... Maybe had some trust issues and yeah. stuff like that after that. Going, oh, what else, what else is there? Yeah, exactly. What else you got to tell me, right? Yeah. But in the end, it's all obviously you, you understand. It's all to yeah. protect you and stuff. Well, like it's, that. it's it's a case of how you process it and yeah. how you decide to process yeah. it. You know, yeah. you can yeah. kind of go into anger and why didn't you tell me? It's not like oh, the guy that raised me mm. isn't my father. He's over there. Yeah, but Neither, you know, if yeah. you've got good relationships with the rest of your family, then you're going to be more understanding of. Of, yeah, of that situation, yeah. surely. And yeah, what's it like? Well, well you you grew up first twenty one years mm. thinking that you, you you you're not alone. You've got uh, your your brother and your, your older sister and your older brother. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. come to grips with the fact that your father had died when you were tiny. Yeah, right. And then suddenly you get told your father is alive. Is alive. Mm. It's pretty full on. Right. And so did you meet him? Ever? I did, yeah, probably about uh, maybe six months down the track when I was going up to Byron Bay, coming back from Byron Bay with my girlfriend at the time. Got to drop into the doctor's, because um, he's a doctor, sorry, was right. practising in Sydney, so I dropped into his practice and, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a bit more than 45 minutes in between patients. but wow. uh, yeah. And he was sort of just just wasn't well. He's was pretty pretty cruisy about the whole had, thing. Had and I was I was life. I was kind of expecting to be maybe you know Jace here's the keys to the house. Go and set, settle yourself down and stay for a few days, and we'll catch up. And right. I mean that was in my head, but that didn't happen. So yeah, I mean I, I got to know him a bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. 
but it hasn't we haven't really continued with the relationship. But right. It's, right. Just, it's like it's just the way it is. He's, you never had the relationship. To no, start exactly. With, so. I mean, he's my biological father, but there's yeah. there's other people in the world that are kind of yeah. have more. Yeah, you know, sure. Back to that to thing we were talking to Sean, who's a sperm donor. Yeah, and we, oh, right. we've been learning. About that, yeah, it's our, right. our learning curve. Yeah. But that works if you, you know two mothers, two two mothers in a relationship. One of them, and he's not an anonymous baby. donor. This is friends of his, and he's he's they're telling they, they, an agreed he's ownership. In the kids' life, like, but he's just a like an like uncle an uncle, figure yeah, and, okay. and and the donor. He's not considered the father. Yep, you know? yeah, and the, and and, the, yeah, and cool. it's quite clear that there yeah. is no father in this. Yeah, we're bringing this child up. From the beginning, by de- our decision, with yep. no father, obviously, There's mm. two mothers. Yeah, that's two how mothers. it's going to be. Yeah. You got brought up by a mother and a grandmother, mm-hmm. and this guy you worked out we're close yeah. to, and you're close to is is um, the donor who allowed you to exist. And to do a yeah. full circle, to do a f- before we wrap up, to do a full circle, that whole thing about generational, uh, you know, things feeding down through from one generation to the other. So you. Due to a series of unfortunate circumstances, mm. you know, there, there was no dudes around, right, apart from maybe when this handsome 19-year-old came yeah. home with his oh, sister. Oh, mate. <laughs> I loved you, man. I thought you were awesome. I still do, but, yeah. Thank you. you you're a blessing to come into the family. They oh, still tease me about nice. the trying to make a skate thing. Oh, this poor kid wanted to be a skater and he was stuck in the country. In the country, yeah. There was one piece of old highway in the back of the block. And I tried to make I tried to make oh, such a flat a concrete so that he could ride a skateboard. Right, such right. a great effort. Oh, I was with a, a shovel that didn't have the wooden handle. It was just the metal, and he'd had his yeah, handkerchief wrapped wrapped around <laughs> his head with the knots in it. I'm thinking, what is this boy? What is he doing? Is he a pong? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's wow. I fucking cut my hand to pieces. It yeah. failed. But anyway, they still tease me about that. Yeah. But but the full circle is then you go generation one. Uh, your mum grows up without a, a patriarch, I suppose, yep. yeah, yeah. from some stage. Yeah. And then she's got the toolkit to then be able to, to do it because of the circumstances, mm. right? And she's a fantastic woman, by the way. She's uh, one of my icon women, you know, when you go, right, you know, the Fierce Girls, you'd listen to that podcast, Fierce Girls, where you I make get your daughters to listen to it, and okay. it's all like Kathy Freeman and all. Oh, and cool. Your mum's one of my uh, heroes, yeah. and and it's like right, that's how you do things. Yeah. Um, so that comes down there, but then boom, there you are, and you're the guy raising three three girls. Yeah. Mm. you both are. You and Dan are. It's but, interesting that it's all it is, girls, but, too. but yeah. it, you know, and that's yeah, all right. So yeah. your toolkit. Is based on what you think. P- partly, could it be based on what you think you could have used, yeah, when you were little, and, and adding that mm. rather than rather than being missing, you it's you you might have a better awareness of what what could be better from yeah, a dude, so. yeah, yeah, or yeah. and and also it's no problem. And the thing is, yeah. you'll never have it any other way, so you can't compare no. it. But it'd be but it's interesting to think what what sort of what sort of father that makes you as a result, especially to girls yeah. of your upbringing and not having your father's influence in your life, which may have been a blessing in lots of ways. Who knows? You, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah, they say hippie yeah. kids have accountants. Accountants have hippie kids and, you know, yeah. they do the opposite and all that. You know, I, I, I'm okay. I don't have any problems with my the way my father was with me. 
But uh, I don't know. I'm just like on my kids all the time, like a needy, I love you, I love you, oh, <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. You know, oh, that's I fine. My, my, that's, that's the one thing I love about my girls as well, man. They never, they never uh, second guess saying I love you. Right. Yeah, never. yeah. It's awesome, man. When you leave, good night, I love you, or walking out the door, okay, Dad, see you later, I love you. I'm learning to do that. Yeah. I didn't grow up with a lot of that. I mean, I felt the love, but we, yeah. we weren't a very, you know, saying I love you all the time. Yeah. I'm really trying to do that yeah. with him and make sure he... Just knows it. I don't think no, you, need, you don't need nice. to overdo it, but no. it is it is nice when they come up out of nowhere and put their arm around the show and go. I love well, it's you. also it's if, if I'm going to be honest too. If you, if you, you say I love you to them a lot in the hope that you'll get their cute little voice saying I love you too. Well, that's yeah, what it's yeah, all yeah. for. I mean, that's, that's why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. There we you go. Them. We love them. I'm yeah. glad you're um, back, Jace. Yeah, it's mm. lovely to be back, man. Mm. It was very nice having a chat this morning as well. It's mm. always yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. It's great to talk. Yeah. And remember, folks, you're not alone. And if you're out there listening to this, please get in touch. Le- leave us a review. Oh, yeah, you've got to do that. This is the new thing. Reviews. Get on Apple, put five stars and write, these guys are just grouse, especially like that Jason one. Yeah. If you, Look, like if that. you're finding that this podcast is helpful <laughs> for you and you don't feel quite so alone and all that, then please let us know and put give us a review because uh, it helps us. Yeah. Uh, this is the as always. I'd be doing this if anyone, even if no one was listening, because this is great therapy for me. It is, man. It so, just feels good after yeah. chatting this morning. Really, blokes, does. blokes should should talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. And Jason, please come back because uh, we want to. Uh, you know, you seem to have it a bit too together. We want to come back and hear the harrowing teen stories. <laughs> oh yeah, sure thing. All right. Yeah. Cool. See Thanks, you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. See ya. Podcast was recorded at Castaway Studios in Collingwood. Here, we provide affordable, accessible, professional podcasting production facilities to the full range of podcasters, all the way from basic studio hire right through to full season production packages. You can get us on castawaycollingwood at gmail.com or just look up Castaway Studios on all the social medias. 